Yo, what's the deal, baby? This your boy, Uncle Luke, formerly of the Two Live Crew. You are listening to Pass It Down with Mike Silver and Natalie Silver. Natalie is the most beautiful young lady in this deal right here. Mike doesn't look so good, even though they're dad and daughter. It's the big show, baby. So this is the inaugural Pass It Down podcast, and we've chosen... Two special people to help us kick it off. One's a Pally High graduate from the class of 1983, along with me. The other is a recent Cal grad, like my daughter, Natalie. So uh, we're going to kick it off with a Maddie Kerr question. Um, I know (laughs) there's a lot of you guys quarantined in your house. I know at my house, um, there's some tension. We have some competitive people. We've had some competitive pool basketball games, some fights, some blood, some hovering parents at all times, you know, asking us what TikToks we're watching, trying to stay in the loop. Um, What's the dynamic in your house right now? You know, there's definitely been a a couple mother-daughter fights. Um, (laughs) What are those? That's pretty natural. Um, Other than that, everyone's actually getting along pretty well. That's not to say the uh, competitive spirit is lacking. You actually caught us at a really good time. This afternoon, we're planning on doing like quarantine Olympics, basically. So we have a list of activities, including um, various drinking games and uh, cornhole, ping pong. uh, What else do we have? Croquet. So yeah, it's a very difficult time. <laughs> are there are there teams or how does it work? Uh, I think there will be teams. Nick is organizing it. So, Natalie, I feel like I need to get to give you a little context too. see. There's no no history in our house of having a father who during his childhood took great joy in dunking people under the water and almost suffocating <laughs> um, in pool basketball like you have in your household. So I imagine it manifested itself in a, in a slightly different way in terms of, you know, quarantine competition in the silver household. Well, well, what, what's amazing is that, so Maddie, growing up, you know, when Steve and I would play basketball and, you know, he'd have to guard me, for example, like he usually you know, had it pretty good considering. Um, but one day we brought him into the uh, backyard for pool basketball. And the only rule was no drowning. And it was seldom, enfor- <laughs> seldom enforced. And I just, I just remember like Steve is so white and he left pink, I think, because, you know, there was... <laughs> there was so much mauling going on, but it that is... It reminded me, Mike, of the first time that I played against Bill Lambeer in the NBA. It was a very similar <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> Except that they, they probably called a couple of fouls against Lambeer. Not, whereas... not many back in that era. But, uh, <laughs> but you, you and Lambeer shared the same sort of physicality and intimidating force uh, in your own ways. So um, that's, that's why I was only a one and done in pool basketball. Uh, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and it, in, just for a point of reference, I wouldn't have been trying to be Bill Lambeer. I would have been trying to be, you know, Clifford Ray or somebody because, 
as you know, I was the rare warrior fan in Los Angeles. That's right. Who's the most competitive in your house? Ooh. What do you think, Maddie? Well, the sorest loser is Nick by far. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What do you think about mom? Oh, she's bad. Margot never played sports, but she might be the most competitive person in our house. <laughs> like she gets pissed if she loses in cards. What's the What's the best uh, Nick story in terms of throwing a tantrum? Oh, there's so many. I think I'll, I mean I'll share one from their childhood. We went to my mom's house. Um, Mike, you've been there many times. Same house that I grew up in in Pacific Palisades. And uh, so we went there for Easter one year. <laughs> Nick was five and Maddie was three. And my mom wanted to have an Easter egg hunt in the backyard. And so <laughs> we, we basically had sort of the, um, you know, we hid the eggs in the backyard. And then we kind of did the on your marks, get set, go. <laughs> and as soon as we said go, Maddie started running. And Maddie was actually faster than Nick at the time. And she got off to a quick start, and Nick veered over and shoved her into the rose bush and knocked her down <laughs> <laughs> to get to the egg. So, <laughs> but, but, but did he get? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I actually have a Maddie story. So Maddie was a great volleyball player who um, – committed to Cal right around the height of the program and then had a great career at Cal while the program kind of backslid a little bit around her. But um, Steve, in 2015, I don't know if you know this story, 2015, we were up at one of the kids' soccer games and Maddie called and she was at, in Davis to visit Francis, um, her boyfriend, and uh, she wanted to know where we were going to watch game three of Warriors Grizzlies in the playoffs. And it was a, it was an important game because you guys were one, one and, uh, you know, didn't want to fall behind in the series. And, um, so I said, Hey, just come over to our house and, and watch with us. And so they came over and at some point it wasn't going great. And, um, we all had to leave to go to, to one of Robbie's games so everybody left except Greg, um, my son, who later told me a story that things were going really bad on TV in, in Memphis. And um, he and Francis and Maddie went outside to play ping pong to kind of take their mind off of it. And uh, at one point, Maddie wound up for a big shot that she thought was going to be a kill, hit it off the table, slammed her paddle and screamed, my whole family's a bunch of losers. <laughs> incredible. Do you remember? Remember that? To tell you that, that that's, that's not the only time something like that has happened. <laughs> it, it was- I want to know that what the dynamics are like in your household, Mike, because I've, I've never seen you and your kids compete, but I have seen our dynamics. Yeah. But I've, I've seen in person that your kids are total wise asses, which I, <laughs> I respect. So there's gotta be some incredible dynamics, but what's, what is the competition like in your house? 
Leslie loves winning the most. She loves winning like, more than she hates losing. Like if she yeah. won like a supermarket contest, you know, to guess the amount of beans in the bowl, she, it would be like a great moment for her. Which, by the way, she does. <laughs> yeah. And we have to celebrate. But I would say that um, all the kids really hate losing to an unhealthy degree. Um, I'm trying to think of a good story. Well, Greg, one time when he was, uh, I think, nine um, was in this back and forth intense soccer game. They had a lead. They lost the lead. They came all the way back and lost by one at the end. And the game ends. And as it's ending, he just takes off his cleat and throws it as far as he can. <laughs> it was about, you know, 40, <laughs> 40 feet. I don't know. And and I'm half laughing, but, you know, you got to pretend that you're, you're parenting. Luckily, it would, he didn't throw it near anything, but uh, that was a classic. Natalie, um, so Steve, you know, like after the um, – after the game in professional sports, there's a 10 minute cooling off period before media can come in and talk to the players and the coaches. Natalie needed about Natalie needed about a 30 minute cooling off period. (laughs) And, and that's after a win. Uh, (laughs) Now, Natalie, didn't you, didn't you talk to yourself on the field? Yeah. I'd get like kind of weird and, um, a little manic and I don't really remember it was all a blur but I do remember that I would kind of talk to myself and speak in tongues and you know channel the devil I don't know but it worked most and, of the time and then you know and then there's Robbie who just you know is a perfectionist and super sarcastic and we found out at a young age that he was really sarcastic and um he, you know he doesn't talk much but when he does it's usually you know he probably has what like nine of the 10 best lines in the history of the family. (laughs) So, uh, you know, there was this, we were playing a series of board games with another family with little kids um, on vacation when Robbie was real little and he, you know, he wasn't winning and he kept getting more and more frustrated. And we were having that Bobby Brady, you know, I, I, I'm not good at anything. And we're all like, no, Robbie, you're good at this. You're good at that. And finally he just gets overheated and says, I'm only good at one thing and that's losing. <laughs> so to, answer, to answer your question, uh, there's tension. <laughs> and my dad, you know, he thinks that he's the, greatest of all time the best at everything and so anytime that's checked it's um there's usually rage or denial or just you know forget that it ever happened right it's a tough come down you know (laughs) from my self-image to reality speaking of cockiness i would love to witness that though mike i have to say (laughs) no you honestly wouldn't it's (laughs) it's just like why? Why are they like this? Well, the fun thing—the um, fun thing is with with family dynamics—is that you know these stories sort of take on a life of their own, and then they become part of family history, and then you end up using the same lines. Like you probably use that Robbie line in the family, right? I'm only good at one thing, just and that's losing. Like, does, oh, that, does that come up still? Like, you still use that line? Oh yeah, and he's he's refined it. You know, he's said funnier things since then that along the same lines. He had a good one. Had a good one last night where I was. He's hoping to go to UC Santa Barbara in the fall, and uh, he um, 
you know, the housing thing was due. So he had to click off on that. And Greg goes there. So we're talking about what dorm he wants to live in. And he kind of finally pipes up and says, I'll be living at and just gave our address. So it was his <laughs> pande- <laughs> pandemic. Uh, or like fa- the, the other day I was, uh, I was like, oh, my God, Robbie, you're going to college. That's crazy. And he's like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to share a Maddie story since I shared a Nick story. Um, Sweet. Maddie was playing club volleyball uh, up in Anaheim. You know, all the all the teams – uh, there's, I don't know, there's like 50 teams there or whatever. And we used to go there almost every weekend. We'd drive up from San Diego. And uh, the way it would work is if you if your team wasn't playing, you had to do lines and, and keep the scorebook. So, uh, you know, two teams would play. The third team would would keep lines and scorebook. So Maddie's, you know, playing libero. She's in the in the back row, obviously. And, and there's a crucial point. And th- these girls in, in like, you know, eighth ninth grade they're they're not great at doing lines you know because they're just not paying attention right they're just they're holding that little flag but they're not really looking at the point and so there's this crucial point and maddie follows the ball all the way back to the line last second just recognizes it's going to be long it bounces about a foot long and this poor little 14 year old linesman just sort of realizes, oh, I've got to make a call. And she calls it in. And Maddie looks at her in disbelief and and yells out, you have one job. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a great that would have been a great time for if you had another eye, you'd be a cyclops. That's right. That's right. But that was, you know, that 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 line. I mean, the poor girl started crying. She was crying. <laughs> All the parents from that team complained to our club because I made her cry. But it, but that's amazing. I, yeah, when the when the parents complain, it's um, it's the best. That's like when uh, Natalie's junior year, their field hockey team, which. I don't think maybe lost one game. They they decided that their motto was um, SMD, and their their cover was that it was the it were the Blue Devils, so it was so much devil. And at the uh, at the preseason at the preseason tournament, as they're beating up on all these teams, they. Um, you know, they keep chanting at it. So finally, didn't the coach from one of the teams yeah, come Yeah, the up? other coach from the rivaling team came over to our warm-up, and she was like, hey, you guys, um, we know what you're chanting. We're not stupid. That's really inappropriate. It's horrible sportsmanship. Get your act together. I want to talk to your coach. We were like, oh, yeah, of course. We totally understand. Um, thank you for raising that concern. We didn't realize it was and then um, at the start of the next game, we did change our cheer to SMMFD. And the was like, fuck you. <laughs> so I, it, response for this might be a good time to segue because you were, you were talking about volleyball and lines. And <laughs> Natalie was reading some of our old uh, columns. Totally by choice, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so, so Maddie, Steve and I wrote, as I'm sure you've heard, the riptide in our school paper, the Palisades Tideline. Right. And we, you know, Natalie, you were a high school journalist. What did you think of our... Uh... So when I was reading these, I, I did do high school journalism. I 
am just absolutely amazed that you guys were able to get away with all this stuff. Like I wasn't allowed to write about, um, I remember I wanted to do a column on gingers, like pull all the gingers on campus. (laughs) But um, this riptide, it's literally just a roast of all these random kids on campus. And you guys weren't friends with all of them. I don't know how you guys got away. I'll, I'm going to read you guys some passages. Well, wait, um, can I just point something out, Natalie? You you and your squad were okay. chatting SMD. I mean, Mike and I weren't doing that. <laughs> that, that, that is true. We all get one? away with stuff where, wherever we can. And, and, you know, you just you figure it out, I guess. <laughs> I'm glad you guys got away with this because it's, it's artistic. How about this one? Um, There was, however, a tragic note to the otherwise joyous victory. Three Pali students were blinded during the national anthem (laughs) when longtime Pali supporter Herb Firth removed his hat, thereby reflecting several ultraviolet rays from his bald head. How are you allowed to do that? <laughs> oh wait, here's the volleyball. Well, well Herb Herb was a like Herb ran the basketball league that Oh I thought it was a student. He was the he was the UCLA <laughs> clock guy, right? Oh right, here's the volleyball one. <laughs> then there's the girls' volleyball team whose sole purposes it seems are to win the national championship and the hearts of the boys' volleyball team, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> and what about the boys' volleyball team whose slogan is Coke adds life? And we haven't seen them drinking many soft drinks lately. <laughs> Love a drug joke. Oh my god! Yeah, That's we got we, we got away with stuff. Who was our editor, Mike? Do you remember? Like who who okayed that? Um, that's a great question. I, I I honestly feel like sports was considered so ancillary and stupid that they just let us kind of do our own sports thing. Yeah. And. It's good though. It, it's it kind of a you know at at Sports Illustrated I had seven layers of editing, but for much of my career I've had a much uh, a much better number, which is zero, which is you know that's <laughs> how I like it. How did this advance um, or impact your social capital? Like Maddie, do you think they were cool? Or is, are they lashing out? <laughs> I don't think they were cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in 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 fairness, I mean, I feel like anyone who was in our um, history class and heard us, you know, narrating history to the, uh, you know, while imitating famed announcer Howard Cosell, that would have that would have helped our cred. I think so. And I I think um, I think there may have been an element of. You know, we weren't exactly the coolest kids in the school. And so we took great joy in sort of making fun of the coolest kids in the school. And then and that gave us a little cred in and of itself. Right. It sounds like a defense mechanism, but I hear you. Totally. We were a little bit on the outside looking in. And so, you know, we just let everybody have it and have, you know, we, we a little revenge, I guess. <laughs> Well, and you, you have to um, you have to understand like what our school was. We had we didn't have Jeff Spicoli. We had identical twin Jeff Spicolis. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there a funny story about that happened at Dodger Stadium 
Um, <laughs> yeah. The high school city championship. There was a baseball game. That's all I know. I'll set it up for Steve since he actually played in the game. But basically, we had this incredible run uh, our junior year where the baseball team kept winning a series of last at bat you know, dramatic wins. And they got to the city championship for the first time, which was at Dodger stadium. And the whole school came out and we were like, we're a team of destiny. Pally's going to win for sure. Yeah. But this other team, Cleveland high, they got this really good pitcher. We'll kill him. We're a team of destiny. And so that, that was the fan mentality that there was no stopping us against Cleveland high. Yeah. So so what happened next was uh, we we got destroyed by <laughs> a pitcher named Brett Saberhagen, who who three years later was the MVP of the World Series pitching at <laughs> <laughs> the City Royals, and, and we weren't aware of you know where this guy was heading, but he, he threw a no hitter against us, thirteen nothing. Okay, thirteen nothing. I was the second pitcher, by the way. So I came in in like the second inning. And I mean, I, you know, I got shelled. And I mean, it's just the whole thing's a disaster. And I'm sitting in the dugout. Our whole team is just devastated. <laughs> the top of the last inning, we're, we're in our last at bat. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody's on top of the dugout. Like you can feel the footsteps. And I hear this chant starting. It's, it starts with one person. It's, his name is Mike. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and the chant, I believe you stole it from the uh, then California Angels. That was I like did. Hogan. Yeah. So Mike starts chanting, yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. And I, and I you walk up to the top step of the dugout, and Mike, who is probably eight beers in at this point, <laughs> is trying to get the student body on their feet. In a in a game we're losing thirteen nothing and we haven't even gotten a hit yet. <laughs> but we support Mike. Well, I mean, in fairness, we were a team of destiny. <laughs> true, true. So uh, it would have just been that much more dramatic if we scored fourteen runs off of Brett Sabreg and. <laughs> <laughs> to win the game. It, it, it really prepared me for life as a Cal fan and probably started to prepare you, you know, unbeknownst to you, um, you know, for a life as a Cal dad. That because is so dark. It's pretty wow. much so, so dark. That really hurts. So, Steve, Steve, um, I know it was a different era, and I don't want this question to sound bad, but I guess it's just my natural curiosity. Um, you come from this family of esteemed educators, and your kids are super accomplished, and Margo is funny as shit and clearly very smart, and you've addressed the biggest issues of our time in a really intelligent way. So how'd you end up at Arizona? <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know where that was going. Wow. I didn't know where it was going either, but it immediately brings me back to about uh, 1987, 86, I think, when I played at what was then called Harmon Gym. And uh, what is it now? Haas. Haas. Mm -hmm. So we're playing at Haas Haas Pavilion. Haas Pavilion. I'm a, I'm a, like a junior at Arizona 
And uh, the, the Cal student section is basically hitting me with the same insult, Natalie. Like, like w- w- do you remember, Mike, exactly what the, like, uh, what the taunts were? It was basically what, you know, you didn't yeah. go to a real school or. How's your knee? There was some of that because Steve had blown out his knee. So, of course, there was the. Nice. The, um, the hairspray. Classy. So glad. <laughs> <laughs> low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, low hanging fruit. But but I, I remember specifically there were students yelling at me like like how are your SAT scores? <laughs> you, know, you could only go to Arizona, and and that that's my response in the column because I wrote a column at your um, invitation, Mike. You were the sports editor of the Daily Cal of the Daily the Daily Californian. Yeah, and uh, so you invited me to write a guest column, and in my column, I responded to all of these taunts that I had heard in the game, and so I said to all of you Berkeley students who taunted me and asked me uh, why I had to go to Arizona. I said, well, I wanted to go to a real school, but Stanford didn't accept my, what you would call it, my application. Yeah, one of my, uh, one of my great moments was, you know, there used to be letters to the editor back when people, you know, wrote letters in the 80s. And uh, I remember getting a letter, I ran it to a letter to the editor that said, I've been reading, uh, Every I've read everything Michael Silver has written during his entire entire time in college. How come the best sports column I've read of the Daily Cal was written by an Arizona basketball player? <laughs> that was early, oh! early trolling, Mike. That you that was just yeah. getting you ready for for what's happening right now for Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. But 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 it is like the story of you going to Arizona is pretty incredible. I like. So, Maddie, I remember, you know, Steve and I talking about he wasn't really getting recruited. And we're talking about like, hey, I wonder if you could play at Ivy or, you know, should we try to go to the same school? Like, you know, like he really was just thinking of maybe like trying to get on somewhere. And then I remember you took a Gonzaga visit, which was a huge deal. And. Uh, didn't you get into an unsanctioned pickup game or something? I did. I did. And John Stockton just wiped the floor <laughs> with me. And, uh, so the coaches said, now we're not, uh, we're not going to offer you a scholarship. So yeah, that's yeah, bad luck. I didn't really have a, a place to go. And so Arizona just kind of, kind of happened, um, you know, at the, the last second, Lou Olson had uh, taken over the program and a bunch of guys left and he was kind of cleaning house and, he saw me play in a summer league literally about two months before school started and um, offered me a scholarship. And uh, so that's how I ended up at, at Arizona. Wasn't there some, uh, I, I, I seem to remember there was some confusion about whether it was actually an offer and, and your dad getting involved. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they were actually offering me a scholarship or inviting me to walk on. And, and so and in the, in the meantime, Cal State Fullerton had also offered me uh, a scholarship. And so I knew that the scholarship was there from Fullerton. I wasn't sure from Arizona. And so I was kind of confused. And my dad just said, well, where do you want to go? And I said, well, Arizona for sure. And he said, well, let's get on the phone with Coach Olson. And, and 
and I'll ask him. And so my dad, my dad called coach, coach Olson and asked him and coach, uh, whether, whether, whether it was true or not, like he said, Oh no, 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 we, we, we offered <laughs> from the beginning. So, uh, so that's that's how it was finalized. <laughs> I, I just I just love the story. So your dad, who's this you know very very famous, esteemed professor at UCLA and you know world renowned educator, is tracking down Lute Olson on the phone to figure out what the heck's going on with the scholarship <laughs> offer. That's right. He was a good dad, taking care of me. Yeah, I, I always felt bad because like when I'd come over. I, I feel like the basket where we shot outside was kind of near his office or something. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but <laughs> I just felt like I was always being really loud and, you know, he's probably in there trying to like solve the greatest issues of our time. And, you know, I'm, I'm out there yelling and talking about, you know, whatever waves Natalie, or whatever was. Natalie, does that surprise you that your dad was being loud? <laughs> um, you know, as he's screaming into this microphone for no reason, it doesn't seem to add up. I don't know what her response I, I'm actually in the next room, and Natalie's right by the mic. We That's literally had to turn down the gain on this mic to, like, <laughs> the lowest one because he's a screamer. <laughs> How was my dad's uh, basketball, by the way? Because he, he kind of makes it sound like he could hang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he didn't play on the high school team, but we had so much fun playing. We used to go to the um, elementary school, to Palisades Elementary, because they had uh, nine-foot hoops. And so we could dunk on the nine-foot hoops. And so we had this epic two-on-two best-of-seven series during our senior year with two of our best friends. And and um, that was really fun. Like, we, we – uh, you know, so we used to just go down. Mike, Mike played a lot just, you know, on the on the side, you know, and then covered, you know, co- covered the sport and, and was a huge Warriors fan. And we would talk basketball all the time. But our our main basketball experience together was definitely the uh, the seven game series that went down to down to the wire with uh, with our buddies. I mean, I really feel like it prepared you for playing with <laughs> Michael Jordan, <laughs> Tim Duncan, <laughs> some of the I, – if I recall, I think my nickname – I think I was nicknamed by you after Randy Brewer, who <laughs> was this seven-foot-four, awkward-looking, Mr. Lurch-looking guy who – Got off these weird shots and kind of awkwardly imposed himself on the game, which, you know, Matt, I'll take that. Maddie and uh, Natalie know nothing of these names. Uh, that you- <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like Natalie and Maddie are getting quite an education, and we will continue that when we come back in episode two. We will get into the NBA years and assorted antics here on the Pass It Down podcast. 